Hi everybody, this is Steve Hargadon. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2009. This is Conversations.net. Our guest tonight is Manny Hernandez, the author of Ning for Dummies. You should be able to see Manny in the video window. Manny, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. This is delightful. Um, if you're new to Illuminate, I'm going to run through a couple of slides here to um, help you know what to do. There's a good picture of Manny, but you're seeing him live, so you don't need the photo. Um, coming up uh, on conversations.net and futureofeducation.com, Tim Westergren is uh, uh, rescheduling. He was supposed to be on last week and had a travel delay, but uh, the founder of Pandora, uh, which should be within a couple of weeks. Uh, September 8th, Cheryl Nussbaum Beach on educational social networking. September 9th, Jane Nelson, the author of Positive Discipline on Parenting 2.0. September 10th, Lucy Gray leads a panel on global awareness, which should be really exciting. Anne Galeran on September 15th to talk about the e-twinning program in Europe. Michael Horn on September 17th starts a new series on virtual schools. His uh, company, InnoSight, is doing a series of reports on different virtual schools. John C.D. Brown on September 22nd. Dennis Litke on October 6th, and SRI on October 20th to do more on educational social networking. This interview series is sponsored by Illuminate and Learn Central. If you haven't been to Learn Central, may I encourage you to go, learncentral.org, uh, where you get social networking plus Illuminate all in one nice package. And if this is your first time at Illuminate, You'll notice that there are lots of uh, icons and things around. The only ones you need to be concerned with uh, at the beginning will be that you have some emoticons right below the participant window. You'll see a smiling face, a clapping hand, a confused face, and a thumbs down. <coughs> Excuse me. To their left, you'll see a hand with a green arrow up. And when you do get ready to ask a question and you'd like the microphone, that's the one you click, the hand with the green arrow up. And we'll let you know when that time comes. In the meantime, you can clap. We'll do some uh, practice clapping for Manny. Thanks for being here, Manny. That's <laughs> practice clapping for you. Okay, so in the participant window, you can see the others who are in the session. You, in the chat area, you can actually type a chat message. You can also type a chat message to another specific individual uh, in the session, but do know that Manny and I will see all of those. Uh, and actually, Teresa's here, and Teresa's our intern slash co-host for the conversations.net show, and I'm going to make her a moderator right now, since she will see them too. Okay, uh, to the right, you'll see a whiteboard. That's where the orientation slide is. And I'm going to give you permissions right now to modify that whiteboard. And you'll look for the little wand with the red dot at the end of it, right to the left of the map, and click on that wand, and then click on the map, and you should be able to show us where you're listening from. And I see some shout-outs in the chat, San Jose, California, Western Mass, Florida, Phoenix, Vancouver, relatively US-centric, North American-centric crowd tonight. A little California-heavy. I think Ning headquarters is coming in strong there, Manny, would you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I put my dot uh, somewhere offshore, but uh, it, it was meant for California. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, 
So I'm going to move us forward from there. I'm going to take off the um, that permissions. Getting a slight delay in my browser. So if you hear me chipmunk, that's the term for, for uh, hearing my voice go fast, you'll know that it's because it's guessing it may be on my end. If you can hear me now, go ahead and give me a smiley face so I know that I'm back and live. Awesome. Thank you. I'm not actually seeing the slide, so I don't know what slide you're seeing. Some major uh, slowdown. The world map. There we go. So Manny's, Manny's back on the screen. Okay, so Manny uh, is the author of Ning for Dummies. Uh, Manny, I'd like to uh, turn the time over to you to give a short introduction of yourself. I'd love to hear some of your history. Uh, what brought you to the U.S., um, what, what brought you to Ning, and then what's taking you forward from there. So if you don't mind getting us started by, by giving us that short intro, that would be terrific. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, my background is in uh, web product management. Uh, originally an electrical engineer. I graduated in uh, Venezuela, came to the U.S. in the uh, mid-90s to do my master's, went back to Venezuela, worked there for four years, and since 2000, I've uh, been uh, living and working here in the U.S. Uh, pretty much all I've done since then has been related uh, in one way or another to web product management. Uh, so uh, for three years doing program management uh, for a couple of portals, uh, and, uh, community and confident product management for a student portal. And uh, in uh, early 2008, I relocated to the Bay Area and uh, worked for a few months uh, with Ning. Uh, that was uh, after uh, we had uh, started a couple of social networks on Ning, uh, one in English, diabetes.com, and another Spanish sister site, s2diabetes.com. I was with them for a period of four months and uh, doing uh, community advocacy, which is uh, the group that they have for helping out network creators uh, not only troubleshoot but also you know, help get their, uh, the network, their networks to the next level, if you may. And uh, in uh, March, uh, April of uh, 2008, I uh, was able to start working full-time on what I do today, which is uh, run the Diabetes Hands Foundation. It's a nonprofit uh, based out of Berkeley that uh, besides running those two social networks with the help of a number of amazing volunteers, uh, develops a number of diabetes awareness programs. And between midnight and two in the morning, I found time at the end of last year and the beginning of this year to write Need for Dummies. So that was going to be one of my questions is how actually did you find time to write it and can you actually make money writing a book? The, the, the intensity of the writing period is fairly brutal um, in the case. I don't know about other uh, uh, types of books. Uh, this is the only book I've ever written. But the For Dummies series and specifically a title focused on technology that is that continues to be a moving target, basically uh, a book about a platform that keeps on evolving and having new features get it added to it uh, means that you need to write it very fast. So the writing process took approximately four months. Uh, 
which uh, added up to about seven pages a week. It was just ridiculous. Uh, the um, the time was after hours, pretty much. So it, it, it was no joking when I said that. Uh, maybe not two in the morning, but pretty much after hours every day. And uh, if my wife hadn't been supportive of that effort, I doubt I had done it. Uh, and I doubt I'd be married still, but I am happy and she was very supportive. Uh, there it is. <laughs> so uh, the. Uh, uh, as far as like you know, making money, and, like you, you sign a contract, and uh, they uh, they they give you an advance, uh, you know, while you're writing, uh, in chunks, and eventually, uh, if you know, if the book becomes incredibly successful, then uh, y you can make some money. Uh, so far, the book has done well. It's not yet incredibly successful, but I hope over time it will. You know, start getting more and more people picking it up. Bertie is asking a question. How good is the? Uh, I think it's Wiley that presses the for dummies books, right? That publishes for dummies. How good is it to work for them? In my experience so far, uh, the first one was uh, in the uh, name for dummies title. The second one uh, has been recently collaborating in a title that will come out in uh, October called. Twitter for mar marketing for dummies. Uh, that 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 has no author credit. It's just a collaboration in some places of the book. Uh, the experience has been very good. They have uh, first of all, they have a very uh, well structured, well defined uh, you know, template workflow to help the authors and the collaborators with uh, the whole uh, process of writing. They have a, a very good process to take you uh, take your writing style, uh, help you adapt it to what we all collectively have come to know as the four dummies style. So something that you know, has a little bit of a tongue in cheek to it at times, but it that can probably uh, be set to cater to an average uh, level reader, but has uh, lots of things for the basic level and even offers things for the advanced level too. And probably I would wrap it by saying that it, it, it uh, in spite of containing basic and intermediate level things, it, it is always written in a way that uh, seeks to respect the reader's level uh, and knowledge and understanding about the topic. So. Uh, they, uh, you work with different types of editors in the process. Uh, uh, you work with a project editor that basically is responsible for corresponding with you back and forth uh, in every chapter, giving you, uh, you know, some top-level feedback, uh, you know, suggesting things that maybe you could benefit from getting a bit more developed, fleshed out. You work with copy editors, with technical editors. So there's an arrangement of people. Uh, that participate in the process. It's uh, it's definitely a, a very impressive uh, uh, and uh, a very well-oiled machine too. They they are very uh, good at sticking to the deadlines and uh, help you stick to the deadlines too. So I actually really enjoyed the book. Not that I was expecting not to, but uh, I think I would uh, reflect the comment here from Peggy. A really nice blend of beginner and more advanced, and I definitely learned some things from the book. So let's let's do something here. Um, would you start talking to us a little bit about 
sort of what the larger changes are at play here that relate to niche social networking and Web 2.0 and sort of the opportunities that in your own life have been presented because of this. And while you're doing that, I'm going to take us to, to diabetes and let you kind of walk us through a little bit uh, what you did and, and kind of where it's brought you. Sure. Well, I think uh, the niche so -so social networking space is uh, uh, one that has uh, made a lot of possibilities, uh, that's opened up a lot of possibilities for uh, community creators, for community leaders uh, to, uh, to, to cater to specific groups uh, in, a, in a way that, uh, that speaks to them very uh, directly. Um, so let me explain what I mean by that. When, uh, to give some context, you know, as to why I would choose to start a community about diabetes or two, uh, I personally have a diabetes, I have type 1 diabetes, and I realized uh, the power of being surrounded by uh, other people with diabetes uh, while I attended a support group uh, of other folks that uh, had diabetes. Um, the, as, as a, someone with a technology background and someone with an interest in uh, becoming, um, in, in, you know, offering that same experience to, to others uh, online, I uh, started looking for ways to, to, uh, to do this online. And uh, the natural places uh, become, you know, they're the, like, sort of the general type social networks, you know, the MySpaces at that time, the Facebooks. And uh, the clear barrier I found to that uh, was uh, the fact that they're sort of a one-size-fits-all, so to speak, uh, platform uh, where it is very hard to have a sense of uh, community, uh, largely because uh, you, uh, you are not necessarily uh, sharing in the same uh, virtual space with everyone. Uh, that uh, you uh, you are uh, another member with. So uh, the other element was like the the community as well cannot be uh, easily customized, tailored, uh, you know, skinned, if you may as well, in a way that it, that is uh, uh, that speaks directly to to the people that that are part of the niche, whether that niche is people with diabetes or educators or uh, fans of Nick Jones. Uh, so that's where it became uh, you know, eye-opening when uh, I learned about Ning. It was a pure coincidence. I read about it on a blog by a friend uh, where he was talking about Mark and Dreesen's latest uh, thing. And uh, I gave it a shot. And uh, since that day, uh, we started to diabetes. Uh, an interesting uh, dimension that I was not expecting to encounter was, uh, uh, as you may guess from the name, to diabetes. The, the 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 hope was to have a space that would be a bilingual space, where we would have some conversations uh, taking place in English and some conversations taking place in Spanish. That happened. Early on, we're talking March 2007, to a certain extent. However, 
by pure luck, I have to say. We uh, one day realized we were on the phone with a relative in Venezuela trying to walk her through the sign-up process. And we realized that, uh, I mean, if you look at the screen right now and you see the word sign out, if, uh, if you are Spanish spoken and you only speak Spanish, sign out tells you nothing. I mean, it doesn't speak to you. It, it, you may be as good as clueless by looking at that link. So a lot of the navigation elements that help someone through a, a, a platform uh, were losing people. Um, that became a turning point and um, prompted us to uh, you know, plan for the launch of a second network, uh, one completely in Spanish. Uh, and uh, the evolution of the two networks followed fairly different paths. Uh, the, uh, the English network, uh, which stayed uh, to diabetes, the one you have on the screen, pretty much, uh, in spite of the name, you know, became uh, very well received by, by people uh, with diabetes uh, from mainly the U.S. as well as Canada, Australia, the U.K., uh, just about every English-speaking country uh, there is. Uh, it experienced a fairly steady, uh, not uh, crazy, but steady uh, growth between 5 and 10% every month since it started. Uh, and uh, we were able to rely heavily on, uh, on the viral elements that the network offers, uh, the platform offers, as well as uh, on word of mouth thanks to our members, and um, quite a bit on the, uh, the support of the diabetes blogosphere, too, which is one of probably the most important differences that we encounter with regards to the Spanish site. By the time the, the network was launched, there was an, a fairly well-established diabetes blogosphere. There were a, a good, uh, you know, hundreds uh, of you know, fairly relevant uh, diabetes blogs out there, uh, and that was not necessarily the case in Spanish. So the, uh, that resulted in a significantly slower growth in the S2 Diabetes Network. Uh, and uh, in spite of that, at this point, although the two networks are, one of them has uh, is nearing 11,000 members, and the other one is nearing 6,000 members, that's the one in Spanish. The activity level, the, the traffic level we are seeing on uh, both networks is comparable. Both of them are having approximately 100,000 page views every month. Uh, so that goes to say that there's a lot more uh, activity, conversations going on on S2 Diabetes because there's far less members there than there are on S2 Diabetes. So it's kind of like a bit of the overall picture of the two networks. The, the cultural elements play an interesting role in the two networks. Uh, one example of that difference would be on two diabetes, most of the activity, most of the conversations are happening on the public spaces, the forums, for example, comments back on people's blog posts. On S2 diabetes, most of the activity is happening uh, on a member-to-member -member level. You see most of the traffic going on uh, on a one-to-one -one basis, which 
I guess, uh, goes to say a little bit about you know, the kind, uh, the, the, the way the Latino, the, the, the Spanish uh, culture operates a bit more. Um, so uh, the, uh, the, birth, the number of birthdays are displayed on the homepage. Whose birthday it is, just like it is on, on Facebook when you sign in. Uh, it's on the left side toward the, the middle of the page. And if you, uh, if someone has a birthday one day, um, you know, and they don't receive, uh, this is on S for Diabetes, and they don't receive a congratulations, some people actually like complain about it. You know, it's, it's part of the culture. It's like, how come you have forgotten my birthday? So uh, uh, that's uh, that's not as uh, you know big of a deal in in, in two diabetes, and there's nothing wrong with either you know uh, case. It's just like an example of differences in in cultures. Um, so, uh, um, did, have I covered enough elements about the, the evolution of the two networks? Yeah. So, uh, I'm really curious because you and I sort of had a little bit of overlap, I think, working for Ning. Um, I was doing consulting work on education for Ning, and then we both started networks that uh, I think uh, we both felt kind of defined our business careers. And it seems like, I almost feel like we're in the middle of a gold rush. That for an individual who's interested or passionate about a topic, that the opportunity that Ning provides or NIP Social Networking provides is just so phenomenal. Um, you know, have you had that same kind of sense that this is really just a huge opportunity? And if so, are there certain kinds of people who are more likely to take advantage of this? Um, and is it a skill that can be taught? Well, I do think that uh, the niche uh, social networking provides us with an amazing opportunity. Uh, the, uh, I mean, like we're, we started talking about niches such as people with diabetes, fans of a certain artist, educators, you name it. But uh, a niche can be a graduating class from a, from a high school, uh, from a certain uh, college, uh, or it can be a parent-teacher association, or it can be a church group. So uh, the the truth is, like that, we are all part of multiple niches. There you go. Uh, so uh, you are, we are all part of multiple niches in our lives. Uh, you may be part of a uh, a um, homeowners association is another example. And uh, having the tools to communicate and collaborate effectively, uh, which is one of the things that Ning and, and other uh, platforms can offer, really empowers uh, those niches in a way that used to be very tough, very challenging, and definitely not cost effective to do until not too long ago. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I mean, like just just going back a, a you know a few years, like we we can now uh, without having to uh, you know sort of like uh, pretend it's not so much so. Say you know we run like a face or two Facebooks for people with diabetes, and say with a straight face. Uh, is it Facebook in the sense that we have millions of members in there? No. But uh, we are serving an audience, a group of patients, of people that share this disease in common. And uh, we're doing it, offering them with uh, tools 
that make their interaction, you know, as relevant as it could be with their broad group of friends uh, on Facebook or wherever else they interact. So I do think that that niche uh, social networking provides uh, people with uh, extraordinary tools to uh, empower you know, individuals, to connect individuals in a way that that, uh, that used to be uh, far uh, more challenging. Uh, we see testimonials of members uh, saying how uh, how incredible they feel about being able to finally uh, be in touch with other people that they can relate to, uh, people that uh, maybe have lived for decades, uh, you know, not having met someone else uh, just like them. And uh, that sense of not feeling alone uh, is, is very powerful. Again, it goes back to empowering the individual. Uh, the, uh, you had two more parts to your question. Can you, you mind repeating the, the second two? Yeah, I mean, I think you're touching on these things, and, and uh, you know, part of my question would be, do you think, and, and uh, John's always asking us to get to the tools, get to the UI, and we'll, we can talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, part of my question here is a little bit more philosophical, which is, is this, does this have the potential to create a renaissance in entrepreneurship? I mean, I know that we're in an economy in flux. There are a lot of changes going on. But is there something really significant happening here? Um, certainly, I feel that way. And I'm wondering, you know, if you were to describe this, would you say that this, you know, that this really uh, will potentially change the way things get done? Um, and is it an exaggeration to call it an entrepreneurial renaissance? I, I think it gives, uh, gives us tools that uh, make unique things possible that used to be very hard to do at this, at, at this cost level. Uh, I mean, we are, to, to translate that in other words, we are being able to focus on building community, creating relevant content that is dedicated to a group of people with a very specific uh, need, with a very specific intention. Uh, if we have to worry about the underlying technology to make that possible, uh, most likely we would be unable to you know, work as much as we do on the front end, on the side of things facing the community, facing the world. Uh, when you have to be tweaking you know, all the you know, cranks and levers underneath and making the code, PHP, SQL, talk to each other and make things happen, uh, you you have to spend a significant amount of extra time and money on on the technology, which which means you have to have a much larger budget. So uh, these tools, I think, put uh, cost-effective uh, options in the hands of entrepreneurs, non-profiteers, uh, you know, fanatics, leaders of any kind. To, uh, to do things in a very, very cost-effective way. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the, the way I, I tell people is like, if you are willing, which I'm, I'm just going to guess like uh, that's your case, uh, like in this Mitsuliko Friends Network, if you are willing to live with the Google Ads, uh, you pretty much, uh, you know, you could run, you know, the network completely for free. Uh, now, if you want to get a little more sophisticated, you know, these guys offer different premium services, 
but even the ones that you have to pay for are very, very reasonable in my opinion. So uh, at least for what you get back. So uh, what does it take to, to uh, embark on something like this? Uh, I think it is very important for uh, once you have you know, some of the things that we discuss in the book, uh, like you know, having a clear goal, a clear vision of where you want to go, what you want to accomplish with, with your community, with your social network, you need to be mindful of the fact that what you are working on is a product. It is a community, and as such, uh, it's uh, it's something that is never going to be finalized. It's never going to be complete or done. It's always going to be in a state of, of evolution. Uh, and if you do a good job at it, of constant growth. And uh, with the evolution, with the growth, come lots of rewards, lots of satisfaction, but also come lots of, of challenges and lots of of uh, new. Uh, things that you need to be mentally prepared for. You would imagine a network that talks about uh, diabetes, where everyone in the network is either a patient or a caregiver. Everything is, you know, roses, and everyone's like, you know, holding each other's hands. And that is the case for the most part. But sometimes, out of preference for a certain technology or opinion about a certain vendor, or opinion about a certain uh, type of insulin or drug, uh, the most passionate discussions may break out. And you have to be willing to work with those, to you know, you know, find common ground, you know, work with your members and not uh, pretend that uh, you are only uh, going to have things go your way because, you know, then it stops becoming a community and it's more like a blog. So I've been trying to go to some different sites that I've built um, in Ning uh, to give kind of a sense of the variety. This is my Hargadon family website. Hargadon's a pretty unique name. Every Hargadon comes from Sligo, Ireland. Uh, I showed my, my high school reunion class. I showed my uh, Vitiligo network. Uh, those of you who don't know, I have this uh, autoimmune disorder called vitiligo. It's the Michael Jackson disease. And much like the diabetes group, I think a lot of the people who have vitiligo um, uh, face a stigma or, or feel lonely. And uh, certainly the, the vitiligo group has had just some stunning sense of uh, changing people's lives. Um, so this is really fun. Okay, so I haven't been able to follow the chat very well because my chat piece gets very small when I'm sharing my desktop. But I think we're getting some questions about uh, some specifics. So I'm going to kind of drill down. If I, can I go through about 10 quick questions and get 10 quick responses? How much time do you spend a day managing those two networks? It would be unfair for me to answer that without saying that we work with two great teams of people. Uh, I, uh, we have on the two diabetes side, we have uh, a total of counting myself and my wife. Uh, we have six uh, administrators. Myself and my wife uh, work full-time full on the foundation. That means that we spend a significant amount of time on the network, both. And we have four more people that put in uh, an important amount of time every week. And it's on a volunteer basis, uh, for, which is something we're extremely thankful for. 
the administrators in the network have full access and practically the same level of uh, permissions as the network creator does. So we have four of those people on one network, four of those on the other network as well. And we have uh, moderators for our forums, which is where most of the activity goes on on two diabetes, a couple of them. Over time, as the sites have continued to grow, we've had to grow that administrative team. And uh, I, I would probably say uh, going back to when it was a smaller network, uh, up until the point that we hit about a thousand members, this was something that I was able to do myself, putting in approximately 20, 20 plus hours a week. Uh, that was, uh, you know, at the time that you know that milestone was hit, we started, you know, growing the administrative team and so on. Um, it, it, I would say, it really depends on the kind of uh, network that you run. Uh, if uh, the nature of the topic uh, that your niche social network is focused on is uh, highly controversial by definition, no. Uh, if you choose to start a network about pro-choice, pro-life, or uh, stem cell research, or things that fall into the category of you know religion or politics, uh, you may have to invest a significant amount of uh, additional time because you're you're setting yourself up for some pretty uh, heated debate. If uh, you're uh, talking about uh, I don't know, like probably H actually the HOA social network may take a significant amount of time. We know those can get pretty heated at times, but uh, it really it really depends in the end of, uh, on on the, the specific topic. But our uh, specific experience was like roughly at the thousand member level, somewhere around 20 plus hours a week for one individual. What percentage of spammers are you getting trying to sign up for the site? Right now, in the two and a half years we've been running the network, we've accumulated 400 people that we've banned. That means that we've blocked from being able to access the site. So, at 10,700 plus 400, uh, and do the math, that, that's a percentage. That number um, we've been able to to keep in uh, at a, in control. I'd like to say. Uh, since we decided to switch to uh, manage new membership uh, model. It used to be set up in a way that uh, people could just join in and become members without any, anybody looking at their profile. We uh, took the uh, conscious, the, made the conscious decision to switch to approving members and 99% of the time uh, membership requests get approved. Uh, we go through membership requests uh, two to three times a day to make sure that we keep a steady flow and it doesn't uh, you know, back up. So your membership request should be approved <laughs> shortly. <laughs> but uh, we made that decision to go to a managed uh, new membership request approach. Uh, when we started seeing uh, quite a few uh, mail.argue uh, requests, so Russian spammers basically joining and promoting whatever, really. and uh, and, and this really could uh, help us. Uh, it really becomes you by putting this in place. 
you do not remove the need to uh, to uh, to act. I mean, you just change the point at which you act. You become a bit more proactive. You you block ahead of time, as opposed to having to clean up after the spammer has done uh, their their thing. Uh, does that make it impossible for spammers to join? No. There can be some pretty uh, Effective, you know, spammers that may be able to appear as a, as a legit member, and after they join, they they do their thing. But uh, I have been surprised at uh, finding that a lot of spammers are actually quite honest about the fact that they are spammers. If that makes sense, so uh, it kind of gives you an idea. And sometimes it's just a matter of like looking at their profile and finding elements that just don't add up and uh, that, that leads to the decision to block a member request. So I recently got a request from someone running another Ning network to, to know what criteria I was using for determining whether to decline or approve membership. And I, it ended up being about a full page. And it's, you know, it's like 12 different factors. I look at, you know, if it's an EDU address, I automatically approve. Uh, but I'm not going to say all of the other things because I'm kind of afraid they're going to figure it out. But you know, Classroom 2.0 gets about 100 to 125 new members a day, and I would say 20 of those are spammers uh, or are, are questionable. And sometimes it's even the photo. They use the same photo over and over again. It's a very slick looking photo of an attractive girl in a classroom environment. It's like, okay, that's a spammer. I just know that's a spammer. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen that photo a few times also, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I get caught. I'm, you know, I got a complaint today from someone got spammed. But uh, I would say for me it's about 20 to 30 minutes a day. And I try and do it, you know, before anything else in my work day or late in the evening. And I put some music on. And I, I try not to resent it. And I try not to resent the process so that I'm not feeling bad. Now, I'm not watching the question, so Teresa, I hope you are, and we'll give a chance to, to have you pipe in here with some questions. Uh, but one of the interesting things I know is going to happen is that the members of Classroom 2.0 are going to start pointing fingers at me. Steve, you're not delegating enough. You're not, you're not turning this over. One of my great fears is that you make somebody an administrator, and they could by accident completely destroy your membership base. By accident or on purpose, meaning they have access to all of the email addresses and all and, and the ability to actually remove everybody. Is that, am I just over worrying that, or should would it be nice if Ning actually somehow pushed that aside so that I could make someone an administrator without worrying about it? Well, um, I mean that is a true possibility. I mean, uh, uh, which is uh, why we go in steps. I mean, so we we will. Uh, at this point in, in uh, the life of our networks, before we make someone an administrator, we give them uh, uh, moderation permissions for a, a, a limited area of the site, maybe the forums or the videos or the photos. Um, however, the way we've approached it is uh, we, uh, the, the folks that help us uh, on an administrator basis, we, uh, we send them uh, a volunteer contract that that outlines our, our expectations, and, and uh, I mean that doesn't mean that they cannot make a major screw up, uh, or that they cannot, uh, uh, whether on purpose or not. But uh, after we we, uh, we one thing we try to make sure is to uh, not go uh, and, and contact someone about becoming an, an administrator if one. They have not showed uh, a, 
a visible, you know, uh, level of activity, a visible level of involvement and interest, uh, and even I would, uh, would dare to say a passion uh, for uh, the community uh, because that's, uh, you know, that's essential. I mean, like, so we've had a few people join and within a couple hours say, hey, I'd like to become an admin, and uh, the answer is automatically no. I mean, like, you got to be a member and participate. Uh, it's not about earning your right to be an admin. It's about, like, let us see you, you know, how you perform in the community, what you do. Uh, the other uh, dimension is uh, we are consciously also looking at people that, that show a certain, a basic level of uh, technical understanding, not because managing the network or managing the community requires that, but because knowing, having a basic uh, understanding of, say, RSS feeds and, you know, capturing screenshots and, you know, uh, being able to research some things to get back to people in a, in a you know, in a relatively quick way about technical issues, uh, if, if, if people are, need a lot of hand-holding for that, uh, they're probably not necessarily your best choice for an administrator. And, and last, uh, someone that, so you may have someone who's incredibly passionate about the network, someone that is uh, incredibly competent, technically speaking, but uh, they, they may be uh, conflicted. I mean, uh, so they may not uh, come across in the best way. Uh, and that is very critical for someone to be an administrator because you're going to have to keep your cool in very heated situations potentially and be able to respond to some potentially nasty emails and you always have to do it in a very professional way. So in that sense, it becomes uh, a bit of the customer service hat, if you may, where you have to uh, really not, not necessarily say the client is always right or the customer is always right, but uh, you know, even if they're yelling at you, be able to you know, stop the conversation in a, in a more respectful way. So uh, taking all those things into account, uh, once uh, people sort of like uh, go through that uh, uh, filter, if you may, we, it, be, there be, there, it gets to a point of trust. Uh, it, it, it absolutely does. So uh, can they, uh, they cannot uh, you know, shut down the entire network, but they can definitely do uh, a lot of damage. Uh, so uh, I definitely don't recommend uh, promoting someone to administrator unless you, you trust that person and you've seen that person uh, you know, perform these three areas that I mentioned before. Okay, so part of it for me is that there's no good backup system. I can't go back to the way it was yesterday or the day before. So, so let's do a little fault finding with Ming right now. Gently, with, with love, but... Um, and also, we, <clears throat> I want to give people a chance to ask questions, and so I'm going to go through these, and let's make these you know, 10 to 15 second answers. We can, we can expand on them if we need to, but I'm going to rapid fire. Other Ning faults besides no good backup system and, and a really poor ability to find others based on the, on their you know categorizations uh, on their profile page. What are your big pet peeves? Uh, I would say the backup is uh, definitely one. Uh, being able to uh, uh, I I wouldn't say necessarily like rollback, uh, but being able to uh, to do on your own without the uh, the support of the main team. Uh, do a, a backup of your network, you know, give it 
whatever happens. So that that's a uh, that I think is a a, a fair uh, you know shortcoming of the current platform that uh, I, I've heard enough people and uh, I personally feel as well uh, that it needs to be implemented um, soon. I mean, like it continues to grow as a platform. Okay, give Ning a grade for their privacy advertising control concerns. People are people feel like they don't know what's happening with Ning or where things are going to be in a year. What's your grade of Ning on that? A through F. I think uh, when uh, they uh, first uh, you know informed network creators about the uh, uh, plans uh, to open up uh, Ning.com and, and uh, display uh, you know, those uh, profiles there and so on. Uh, there was uh, a lot of concern on the part of many network creators. At that point, I think the grade was lower. I think that they, uh, they, they improved the grade. I think they're probably now, I would say, at a B plus for me, uh, perhaps uh, A minus. My preference would be to have a greater degree of uh, control as far as the network creator goes uh, to allow the, uh, the network creator to control how much or how little of uh, the network's members uh, you know, not overriding their privacy settings, of course, but uh, if they choose to make their profiles public, to have uh, an option to sort of not list them, for example, in the, uh, as part of their Ning.com uh, network. Um, I, uh, I made some suggestions to them about this. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know what's uh, going to be happening with that, but uh, uh, I hope that uh, you know they, they they improve some of those things. Uh, I uh, I think uh, that uh, if a network is uh, highly Dependent, the more dependent the network is on not being associated in any way with Ning as a platform, the more critical this uh, is going to be. Uh, the more irrelevant that is for the network creator. So perhaps again, going back to the HOA network, maybe they don't care; they just want the platform. Then uh, they they may not uh, mind that uh, as, a, as a shortcoming as much. I think. So, so Ning's gotten some criticism lately. Your sense of where Ning's going in the future? Trust, mistrust. Where are you? I, I have, I have trust. I have trust. I think uh, that what uh, they they continue the signals that I get from the uh, development of the platform uh, makes me feel comfortable in terms of. Uh, Guys are making the platform more robust, you know, enhancing the features, making it uh, stable, speedier, uh, and uh, I think uh, that's uh, that's a sign of uh, of improvement. And when improvement stops uh, being visible, is uh, the point when I start being concerned about a particular product because then uh, it's a sign of you know. Sort of sitting on your uh, successes, and uh, haven't seen that happen. So uh, I uh, now there's going to be the Ning apps uh, launch, which has been postponed uh, 
for quite a while, and uh, largely in order to to cater to the feedback from uh, beta testers. So uh, again, that's I think that's a good sign. So I, I definitely uh, lean towards the side of, of trust. Okay, front page of a network, simple or exciting? Where do you land? You, I would say simple but tasteful. Uh, and uh, um, combined with that, tasteful, uh, think content management. Uh, the network is, is going, when I say content, I mean uh, not just the things that, that you as a network creator may write, uh, whether it is on a blog post or a, or a discussion you start, but what your members write. So fish for pearls or jewels in your network promote them, bring them to the home page, and uh, that may bring the excitement, but it's not necessarily have to be flashy. You know, you want people to participate, to engage. If it's, all, if, if it's about the look, uh, if the engagement uh, sort of takes a second place. So I would say simple, uh, tasteful, and uh, with an eye on, on content. I'm going to get really beat up here, because the front page of Classroom 2.0 is definitely not simple. And I'm, I, my members are going to are going to say to me, hey, you know, look at all that Manny's doing to manage this network. What, you know, what are you, some kind of lazy bum? You know, you don't do any of this stuff. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to, Teresa, we're going to, we're going to let you bring uh, bring us up some questions. I got lots of other questions, but we're clearly not going to get to all of them. So let's let the let's let our audience ask some questions here. And Teresa, have you tracked any that you want to want to bring up right away? Yeah, sure, uh, I do. And actually, I also wanted to just make a, a few comments as well, just what you guys have talked about. Go for um, it. Actually, to the point that you just made, um, I think it's important for people to realize uh, there are different purposes and different reasons for different groups and why people are part of them. And you know, uh, you might you might treat one group one way and another group another way. So I think it's okay to mix it up. You okay. Know, well, so, so you know, I'm not fishing for compliments, but there, you know, Teresa gave me an out. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but I, but, but honestly, I really think it's important. It's, it's uh, back to what Manny said at the beginning: is setting your goals. What's your purpose? Why are you there? Why are the people there? Why did they join that community? And, and kind of go from there. Yeah, I will say I definitely treat the people in the Bit Alive network differently than I treat the people in Classroom 2.0, because Classroom 2.0 is a group of people who are sort of, many of them are sort of passionate users of Web 2.0 and can handle a lot more sort of self, self movement. Okay, sure. Teresa, let's go to let's go to some questions. Okay, um, let's see. We uh, I think you I don't know if you really talked about the advertising at all, and there have been a couple comments, questions about uh, how to okay. deal with advertising. Manny. Good, Manny. Your best tip for promotion. Um, I uh, I would definitely suggest uh, it, it. Really depends on who your mem where your members or your potential members uh, are. So you you don't want to be like blindly promoting spending, even if you're not spending a ton of money, uh, uh, which is probably the case for all of us. Like you know, we're you know small business people, nonprofiteers, uh, educators. So if if you want to um, I'm going to say, for example, in the case of two diabetes, uh, we use Twitter as one tool. Um, we connect our Twitter account to Twitter feed to pull uh, content automatically from the network and uh, push it into the Twitter account. Uh, but we don't just like go crazy and put all the latest activity in there. 
uh, because there's a lot of latest activity from the network that is fairly uh, irrelevant. It doesn't really say much. Such and such join the network. Yeah, who cares? Whereas if you make it, okay, where does the bulk of your activity in your network go on? Maybe it's about uh, type 1 diabetes discussions. Maybe it's about new photos and so on. So if you take a look at the more granular level and work with those RSS feeds, you can accomplish a lot uh, using Twitter feed on Twitter. Uh, Facebook can be another way to uh, help drive traffic, bring traffic into your network. The thing with using other social media to bring traffic to your network is you got to play by the rules of those sites. Uh, and uh, if, if you, uh, and when I say play by the rules, I mean you can't just go crazy, you know, uh, go trigger happy and, and, you know, post on every single place on earth. Uh, that you find about your network because you're going to be treated like a spammer and you're not going to accomplish the desired outcome which is to have people you know, come join your network and participate in your network. So be mindful where you post, what you post about, be contextual, offer something of value uh, and you, know, you, you may be seen in a different way and you know, potentially uh, be able to grow your network that way. So I really love that advice and I'm going to add to it that from my perspective it's all about authenticity. If you, if you really care about something and you, and you want to help people that comes through, you can make mistakes, you, you can find ways to, be, to, be, to help people be aware without being self-promotional. So for me the key is find something you actually really care about because then you're more likely to, to bring your authenticity with you. Okay, Teresa, I'm not, I'm not watching what's going on, so please bring us up to speed and tell us what, what we need to be addressing next. Sure. Uh, um, Peggy had actually asked, I guess, more indirectly about advertisements on the site as well, uh, different from promotion. And, and I'm not sure I, under, I knew what the question was, Peggy. Uh, go ahead and type it in the chat or grab the mic if you would like. I'm going to go ahead and give you the mic. Do you have your, uh, Peggy, I don't know if you have your mic on. I want to grab the mic there. Oh, while Peggy's deciding to, whether or not to grab the mic, let me say that a, a great way for me to bring publicity to a site is to do a, a um, web meeting. These kind of web meetings, I think, are a great way to sort of involve the group, and especially for my vitiligo group, that's been really fun. We had a doctor on who did a whole presentation, uh, and, and if this is something you want to do, that's the kind of thing I'm glad to help people with. Okay, Peggy, are you on the mic? Some people are offended by the ads and have inadvertently clicked on things they don't understand, didn't understand. So I don't know that you and I can address that. Do you want to say anything about ads, Manny? Um, yes. Early on, uh, we, we have gotten to the point where we have been able to, to sell ads ourselves, which is uh, a, a rather ideal situation if you can get to it. Uh, otherwise, you are found in a position where you need uh, to either put no ads or uh, include the infamous Google ads. Uh, Google ads will be contextual, so typically they'll display ads that are relevant to the page you're on. So they, I mean, we cannot completely blame Google uh, because uh, the algorithm is supposed to be doing it, its job. What's the, what's the problem? Uh, sometimes uh, an advertiser that doesn't necessarily have uh, your members' best intentions at heart will uh, target, you know, uh, you know, in a very uh, 
tricky way, uh, a particular keyword. And uh, as a result, uh, a miracle cure for diabetes, drink this and get cured of your type 1 diabetes, may appear displayed on your Google Ads. And guess what? Your, um, uh, if I have helium balloons under my desk, I don't think I have helium balloons under my desk. <laughs> Why do you have that? So, uh, um, is that uh, relevant to the context of a site like to diabetes? Absolutely. We are about diabetes. Uh, is it um, offensive to members? Absolutely. So, uh, you have uh, under your Google Ads uh, set up setting somewhere a competitive ad filter. It's a way for you to block uh, entire domains uh, or specific URLs. Uh, if you find them to be uh, offensive or you just don't want them there. Uh, the, the, the problem is like, you know, these uh, unscrupulous, 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 unscrupulous advertisers will find a new domain and then you find yourself playing that game a few times around. So uh, um, I think uh, Peggy saying she addressed a problem by adding a textbook that explained that's a good idea and I would recommend even uh, including a link to uh, contact you in case they encounter uh, an ad that they find objectionable so that you can do the uh, uh, Google Ads uh, competitive ad filter and get rid of it. Uh, it won't get rid of the negative impression they may have received but at least that specific domain uh, you can block from that point on. Terry, got another one? Or tell me and I'll go ahead and ask one. Teresa, are you there? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's clever if you, uh, un if I click the new button. <laughs> <laughs> I, d I didn't have find any more that we haven't discussed, but um, I think we kind of talked about them as we went through. So unless anybody wants to raise their hand. Okay, feel free to raise your hand. I'm going to ask me a couple quick questions. One word answer. Are you using chat on your network? On Estudiabetes. On the Spanish one, but not on the English one? Mm -hmm. Okay, now I need a, a longer answer. How come? Uh, on Two Diabetes, we have a partner called Diabetes Talk Fest uh, that, we've, uh, that basically if you click on the chat link, it takes to, to their site. Uh, so they've been our solution for chat and uh, if you know someone else is doing a great job at it, we you know, we want to collaborate with them. There's no diabetes talk fest in Spanish, so you know we we offer that service then. Good. Uh, is anybody else competing with Ning right now? Is, is is anybody else doing a good job of providing the same service? I have read about a few. They pop uh, they pop up here and there. I have to be completely honest. I don't since I'm not on the uh, you know, competitive research uh, uh, analysis at this uh, stage uh, necessarily. Uh, no specific names come to mind, but I know that, that there are other options. Back about a year ago, there was a, a platform called Kick Apps uh, that I know is a direct competitor to Ning. Uh, I haven't visited their site in a while, but uh, I know that was one. And uh, I believe there's at least two or three more that I've learned about in the, in the past year. So, but like I said, like uh, besides that one, I no other uh, specific uh, solutions come to mind. So you've got to give Mark and Gina some major 
props for, for building something and really being aggressive and, and having it be so successful. Because, you know, to my mind, we all say a Ning. People, people actually use the phrase a Ning the way they would use the phrase Kleenex or, you know, a, a Xerox machine. Yeah. So, you know, what a, what a stunning uh, accomplishment. Okay, hey, it's 6.01, and my commitment is that we finish in an hour, both for you as a speaker and for the guests so they know that this show doesn't go on forever. So I'm going to close our app share, and while I do, I want you to find that clapping button and clap for Manny and let him, let him know that we appreciate his being here with us tonight. So I'm going to clap, Manny. Thank you. Thank you so much. clapping for you. Okay. So we have a new system for our follow-up uh, evaluation. When you close out of Illuminate, you're going to have a pop-up window that gives the evaluation. We'd sure can, appreciate it. Can I say something real quick? Please. Uh, it was just, uh, if, if you let me indulge on this, uh, I wanted to uh, tell everyone about a, a current fundraising that we're holding. So we would love if uh, you would consider uh, this, this goes to the Diabetes Hands Foundation. So you saw a little thermometer on the home page of Two Diabetes. If you, uh, you know, if you have found this uh, useful, consider making a donation to the foundation. It will really help us a lot toward continuing to connect people touched by diabetes and uh, developing more diabetes awareness programs. Okay, I put the link in the chat. <clears throat> so look, click on that link and pull it up before you exit the system. So Thank thanks to Manny. Thanks to Illuminate for providing this platform. Thanks to all of you for coming tonight and for being a part of this. Don't forget lots of fun things coming up on uh, futureofeducation.com and conversations.net. Uh, please do visit learncentral.org to see an alternate way for to do social networking and education. And we'll look forward to talking to you later. Manny, thanks so much. That was terrific. Thank you nice very much to see you. Nice to actually see you and visit with you. You know, this feels like we're next door, man. Yeah, good. And please let me know how I can help you. I'd love to help you with whatever you need to do. Thank you. Thanks, Thank everybody. You so we do have to kick you out of the pool in order for the recording to process. So if you have questions, feel free to leave them in the chat. Manny, you're welcome to go. You know, you've got other things going on, and that's a line hour. It's a long time. But if you want, I'll stick around. Anybody wants to can stick around for some questions in the chat. And uh, I'm going to uh, turn off my webcam. And uh looks like most people are leaving. But if you have a question, feel free to ask it in the chat, and uh, I'll stick around for a bit. <laughs> Everybody get out of the pool. Yes, Peggy says, uh, does that work for you, that particular phrase? Does it, does it introduce a little humor but still uh, make it happen? Emily, go to uh, educationalnetworking.com. And that's a wiki I've started that has a huge list. Educationalnetworking.com. And you'll see a huge list of social networks, including student names that you can look at. Hey, are you so Peggy that requested to join uh diabetes a little bit ago? Okay. And yeah, I got I got approved during the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're multitasking. It's not supposed to happen. Hey, like I'm. Um, one big recommendation I actually given the book that I I it was uh, ever since I uh, 
knew that that was possible a few years ago, I, I have made a point of doing it is like having two monitors really helps. So uh, I have the Illuminate panel on one monitor and the, uh, the new member list on another one. It's, it's definitely something that I made a point of including in the book because uh, it helps with you know, I think I remember that because I do the exact same thing and it makes a huge difference for me. You have to be you know, looking at different things at the same time. They have a supposed increase in productivity they've written about. I don't know like how how true that is, but uh, I, I, do, uh, I do know it, it helps a lot and whenever I'm on my laptop, you know, without the extra monitor, it, uh, it feels like I'm missing something. Yeah. Same for me. Okay, Steve. So uh, I will um, do. Do you uh, want us to follow up to talk a little more about uh, the the platform? Maybe uh, next week, perhaps. Sure, I'd love to. Are you going to okay. be at that San Francisco event? Uh, which of uh, all? The Ning launch deal. Yeah, the seventeenth. Yes, I am. Yeah. So I'll see you there. And in fact, send me an email, and maybe we can get together next week, and I can give you, a, uh, you know, a half hour of instruction or guidance. I can do it pretty fast, and okay. help you get through what you need to get through. Perfect. I will send you an email right away. Yeah. Okay. And Therese, hey, have a great night, Manny. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. Do I click the little uh, door thing. You know, you just click go up to file and exit, or even close the whole program down. Okay. Perfect. Well, take care, and it was great participating. Loved it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks to you. And Teresa, we are on, so uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Thanks to the rest of you who are still here. Emily, I think you were on a session that we did together. Uh, you, was that uh, you from... Um, no, where are you? Yes, yeah, so you're typing. No, no, Arizona. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. I'm going to turn off the telephone bridge. Nobody actually used it. And then I'm going to, if you haven't left the room in 30 seconds, I'll actually bump you off.